Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Greengrass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. Now, Bears, etc. with the voices of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak and Tom New blood comes to the Bears as they open up another practice up here at Hallisaw. Welcome into Bears, etc. We're brought to you by Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time, Chicago. Good to have you alongside Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer and a couple of veterans added to the Bears roster big time. The significance to me lies in the type of players they are and the leadership they bring to the table. Let's begin at the edge. Yannick Ngakwe, eight sacks a season on average in his career. This is his sixth different team in eight seasons, but coming off a nine and a half sack year with Indianapolis last year, worked under a, a similar system with Gus Bradley, worked in Vegas the year before that and had 10 sacks for his a defensive line coach right here, Travis Smith, and he worked under Rod Marinelli. Impressions of signing a man of this magnitude in terms of rushing the passer. You know, Jeff, anybody I've ever come across in my football life that can compliment the fact that they've been able to work for a guy like Rod Marinelli, I'm just pointing him out because he's a guy that still inspires me with his expected work ethic and his compliments. And he even pointed him out that, He feels that uh, Rod Marinelli had a big impact on his career, and he's the type of guy that stays friends with a coach like that. So you kind of tell me this is a guy that football is important to them. You have those certain coaches in your lifetime that they leave an impression on you, and they also give you an understanding that you have the ability to be a quality football player in the NFL. Yeah, experience is huge here. He is a worker. says he's been working hard at home, certainly – uh, what he has in his weight room uh, in his house is different than what happens on the practice field. But they asked him today, Tommy, hey, would you be ready to go tomorrow when you put on pads? He said, absolutely, got to got to get it, got to do it, got to do it right now. Listen, man, you had me right there, hook, line, and sinker, and I, I was watching the press conference, but just hearing that one answer, that, look, man, if I got to put on pads tomorrow and play a game or go to practice, I'm ready to go, and he says you got to stay ready. And that is the mantra of every guy that has a long-term career in the NFL. And the other addition is an agreed-to-terms, yet not signed, Mercedes Lewis, now entering his 18th NFL season that surpasses all the experience at tight end in NFL history, Jason Witten prior to that, and uh, Tony Gonzalez, a Hall of Famer. Uh, he has a lot of experience, obviously, with Luke Getze in Green Bay, known for his inline blocking more than his pass receiving later on in his career time, but he's been a ever, ever present a part of the Green Bay offense over the years, uh, a big guy that can help lead that room as well. Well, you know, Mercedes Lewis, he kind of falls into the line of an Aaron Donald for me because I didn't know what to expect out of Aaron Donald when he came into the NFL, and I didn't know that he was going to have this dominance. But I remember when Mercedes Lewis came out of college, and I was curious what type of career this guy was going to have. Wasn't it going to be an injury played career because he's such a big guy? And it hasn't been. It's been a very constructive, a very, uh, I'm not going to say dominant, but a very profitable career. So whenever you can bring experience into a position like that, and you're almost bringing in an offensive tackle that can catch the football. And that's what I like about the impact he can have on this offense. And we, of course, have 
plenty of sponsors helping us out to carry on this uh, new podcast with Tom and I here for the Bears. Score huge savings on an impressive lineup of items with Jewel Osco. For you, this handy app features hot digital deals on everything from premium produce and savory snacks to butcher fresh meat and more. Get additional details at jewelosco.com. On the topic of food, and we'll get back to Ngakwe and what happened at practice today, but you were you were cooking up something special today. Did you did you finish the job, Tom? Did you finish the job in the kitchen? Oh, I did. And again, I, t- <laughs> I talk about, you know, having a, for- a bear employee, Javier, tell me about a Puerto Rican recipe called, I think it's perineal. And yeah, I was uh, cooking it and um, I, you know, that's one of my favorite pastimes. And as long as I don't eat too much and distribute it, it's probably better for me than my appetite and how it can, it can take over. So it's been a productive day between Hallis Hall and practice and, you know, now being down here with the dogs and getting them going and making sure everything's running. I expect a little slice of that at some point. So don't, don't leave me out in the dark. All right, listen, Ngakwe, uh, his name came up prominently throughout the offseason as a possibility. No, he was looking for a long-term contract. Heard him on other radio shows nationally. He'd like to settle down someplace. And, hey, who's saying it won't be here? He's still in a perfect age range. He has been in this league. He's been experiencing all sorts of different successes and failures in his career, but he seems like he's mentally tough. Let's listen in to some of his news conference here today up at Hallis Hall. Excited to be here. I've uh, been a part of the system before, and um, I just love everybody so far that I've met. And, you know, Coach Travis, my position coach, we have history back in Las Vegas, and I just love his style of coaching. And I know that he can raise the level of the bar of all of us in the, in the locker room as well as in the D-line room. So. Why here? Why Chicago? just feel like it was a great fit. Like I said, going back to, you know, what this culture means here, uh, just the history here, and also it's a great transition, easy transition with my position coach and my defensive coordinator. How are you navigating the last four-plus months when, you know, free agency starts in March and you got to try to figure out what's next and it gets to this stage? How did you kind of keep yourself calibrated through all that? Working out, working out, keeping my mind clear and spending time with family. I feel like that's the best way that I was able to navigate through all the traffic. How eager or motivated are you to turn this into, finally, a home, you know, uh, you know where you can – yeah, you could spend some time. I feel like it was meant for me to be here. You know, um, I actually have a bear tatted on my hand, so I feel like that's a sign to me that I was always meant to be a Chicago Bear. How much of an impact did Rod Marinelli have on you? I understand he basically told you you had the potential to be a Hall of Famer at some point. Yeah, I mean, I just – a guy that, uh, that, like I said, he loves ball, a guy that saw something in me. You know, uh, I've been to a few, few places, and that was a position coach that I feel like – when I'm done playing a game that I'll always have a, a great relationship where we talk all the time. So he's he's a, definitely a legend in himself. Yannick, I know that you're also a, a kind of a student of the history of your position. Talk a little bit more about the Chicago Bears history at defensive end pass rushers and, and where you see yourself. Absolutely. I would. Uh, it's a guy that I really uh, love to watch was Julius Peppers when he had to stop here. You know, a guy that was a great power rusher, a guy that had great speed off the edge and uh, Coach Marinelli was also a guy that coached him, so he used to tell me we have a lot of the same attributes, and I just have to tap into that skill set and just show the world. Tom, you listened in. Uh, you came away with a lot of positive feelings about him, I'm sure. Uh, Ngakwe has faced the Bears a couple of times in his career, three sacks in two games, one as a Raider, uh, and that game in 2021 out there in Vegas. Uh, he is just known for putting his hand on the ground and going to get the quarterback. But Matt Eberflus says, hey, you know, he's got to handle first and second down as well, and that means stopping the run a little bit too. Listen, that, that's a priority of any defensive lineman, wherever you play at the end or you play on the inside. 
However, I look at some of the young talent here at the Chicago Bears, Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson, and how much they can learn from an experienced veteran that has an arsenal of moves that these guys can learn how to emulate. And so I'm interested not only to watch a veteran come in here with immediate leadership and an immediate asset to the defensive scheme and the defensive line, but, you know, one thing you have to think about a talented defensive end, Jeff, is how it thins out the protection along the opponent's offensive line. And that's going to be something to pay attention to and watch because whenever you have a legitimate NFL pass rusher, now you got to start picking out where is your linebacker responsibility. Like you always see the quarterback point to the mic, but now you got to know the direction of where your most dominant pass rusher is, and that's going to open up opportunities for other guys, not only on the inside, but on the opposite side from them. But how about the conclusion of the press conference? Do you think we will see Dominique Robinson in a different number come tomorrow's practice? Yeah, and Gakwe really wants that number. It's one he's carried through throughout his career. So I think there could be some significant cash involved at some point uh, for Dominique. For, you know, out of the respect of the, you know, the role that Gakwe will play on this football team and what he's been able to accomplish. Dominique Robinson really doesn't have a foundation in that number yet, so maybe he can go and explore other opportunities and and change his look. Uh, maybe he'll look thicker. Maybe he'll look longer in a different number. Now it's somebody that could you know conceivably take a few snaps away from you as well. So given your uh, fifty-seven number, would you have given it up uh, rather easily? Uh, depends what year I was in. You know, because uh, <laughs> listen, when I came to the Bears, that was the number that was given to me. If the if there was a guy that had wore fifty-seven for a period of time, I would have given it to him. So here's the same example. When I went down to the Miami Dolphins, they gave me. 57 that's the number of the hall of fame or one of the greatest centers in the history of the nfl dwight stevenson Mm. i actually carried the jersey back to our equipment manager in miami and i asked him if he made a mistake and said do you really want me to wear this this is dwight stevenson's number (laughs) and there's other numbers that i would have picked out he says no you're a veteran you have, you know, you have a certain amount of years of service in the NFL. We want you to wear the number, and I felt honored to do so. Hall of Famer. I mean, that's a Hall of Famer, bro. Listen, this dude, well, you go back and you watch tape of Dwight Stevenson, unconventional style, but the superior quickness of a player that dominated his position in one of Dana Marino's greatest protectors of all time. And let's go back to moves, pass rush. Everybody has to have a toolbox, and Gakwe says he's naturally developed one move, which has been some move that he has been associated with throughout his career, and that's the cross chop. As an offensive lineman, how do you stop that, and what effectiveness does that cross chop give? Well, first of all, you know, an offensive lineman's goal is to anticipate the snap count, put all, both of their arms out evenly and try to get in your hands inside the framework of the body to control and then be, and to be in control of the maneuverability of the defensive lineman. As he comes along with a cross chop and he either gets one of your arms down or both of your arms down, your, immediately, your immediate balance goes forward and he's in control of the rush. So now every single time you're a pass blocker going against the player that has a move that he can use each and every time, you got to be careful because if you give him an indication that you're throwing both of your hands on the inside of his body, 
he's going to be able to chop both of them down and be in control of you. So it is going to be interesting, but I think it's going to be super beneficial for the offensive tackles and every level of the Bears that go against them because now there's a guy coming aboard that has a move that you're going to be able to uh, formulate your plan against to make sure that you don't get caught up if somebody else uses it around the league. Nobody as good as him, though. This is Bears Etc., our podcast, Jeff and Tom, and we're brought to you by PNC, official bank of the Bears. Let's talk about practice today. Uh, they are color-coded by a coach telling the media today this was a red day practice, so no pads, a little lighter in terms of of what they were doing in terms of volume of plays. That'll go to yellow tomorrow in pads, and then uh, the big green light uh, at Soldier Field on Sunday and uh, the Fan Fest practice, which will also be a padded practice, and it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to see those guys in Soldier Field. But, you know, it's varying degrees of intensity. They still do get a lot of miles in with the running that they do, but overall today, anything that catch your eye in practice? Yeah, you know, it's it's the continuous speed of the practice. You know, when you look at the defensive backfield, you know, this is one of the most impressive segments to me because they're young, they have a lot of depth, they play high energy, and not only do they have a, a top tier of the first-line guys right now, but they're developing important depth and guys that have an enormous role on this team when you talk about their inclusion in special teams. But then if there's any injury interruptions that you can come up here and play the exact same defenses, never skip a beat, and have guys that are up to the task. So I'm I'm excited to see that segment grow. But like you said, I'm happy – you know, I went back and looked at the schedule because I was a little disappointed when they were in no pads. So they did have this on the schedule as a no pad. So now I got to start paying attention <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, you do. It may cool me down yes. a little bit on the ride up there. Um, but I'm excited to see pads in the next two days. And I think it's going to be a real reward for the Bears fans inside Soldier Field to sit at a close proximity and see the different work, the different drills, and then the team efforts that they go through in the day. All right, some highlights today. Justin Fields hooking up twice for touchdowns with Chase Claypool. Tommy, they did a lot of red zone, low red zone. That's inside the you know the 10-yard line area. So, again, uh, there's no reason that Chase Claypool can't be that kind of target. Hey, listen, man. I, I've been kind of preaching this that I really like what Chase Claypool has done through training camp. There was a lot of question marks before he got here. But when you look at, you know, we talked about it the other day, the interior physical blocking on inside run plays by a wide receiver who's 6'4", 235 pounds. And he's hitting safeties and he's hitting linebackers with the carelessness of, uh, of an offensive lineman. And I love to see it because – he can either get defenders off balance or he can point he can be a blocker at the point of attack so claypool you know he's caught my eye and he's still he's still catching my eye whether you're in no pads or full pads well listen uh they got to block they have to or you're not going to play for tyke tolbert and I heard Dan Campbell up in Detroit saying the same thing yesterday about his guys. So uh, that's what you're going to expect from the defense uh, to have receivers blocking you from Detroit. Uh, expect it from Bears receivers here in the division as well. There's not a lot of guys that jump to the front of the line when they say, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to be the widest wide receiver to the left-hand side. You're going to come in slow motion so now the defense is aware that you're on the move. And now as you see a, off, uh, uh, safety, a linebacker start pressing the line of scrimmage, that's your responsibility. Do you take the proper angle? Are you in a legal hitting position? And then when the collision comes, are you willing to do it? 
I've seen examples of that by Claypool in the a couple days in a row at a couple times, and they were vicious hits. So uh, I think the, there's a couple of other guys that have the ability and the opportunity to take that for an example, whether it's EQ St. Brown or Valus, guys like that that can come in and be big physical blockers. Game day snacking calls for good foods, chunky guacamole made with Haas avocados, tomatoes, onions, cilantro, and a squeeze of lime juice. It's the perfect mm. snack to watch while the Bears wins. Uh, score some today at your local grocery store. Game day is guac day and not a day of uh, the full complement of offensive linemen again, Tommy. Uh, several players uh, out today, so that continuity we're hoping for throughout the course of the offseason and into training camp lasted just over a week or so, but uh, still no Nate Davis and no T- Tevin Jenkins today. Cody Whitehair also, that's an opportunity, though. It's an opportunity for Lucas Patrick to get in the pivot and snap the football. It's an opportunity for Alex Leatherwood, who's in a battle for a job with Jatari Carter, the second-year player. So what's your thought on all that? Well, you know, that kind of gets into my wheelhouse of aggravation because because one thing, if you're going to f- form the camaraderie, that continuity amongst the offensive line, you need to have repeated practices together. And that's under very tiring, exhausted circumstances. So when you're challenged, everybody's challenged together. So I need to see Nate and Tevin on the field as much as they possibly can. Cody, I'm not worried about the guy shows up. However, when you're talking about Jatari Carter and Alex Leatherwood, here's two guys that every snap they get is meaningful because there's still question marks behind both of those guys. I like what I saw out of Jatari Carter last year. However, when you look at all the elements of ability and fundamentals, Alex Leatherwood has those. But can he get that mindset that he's willing to go out there every single day if he has to get in a competitive battle to earn this position? So I think Jatari Carter and Alex Leatherwood are probably two guys that we should really pay attention to throughout the preseason because they are going to fight for game day availability, game day jersey, and a roster spot. United Airlines, official airlines of the Chicago Bears, part of the Bears, etc. podcast. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. We got to. Do a shout-out to Team Mongo, Tommy. Team Mongo, hashtag Team Mongo. Check it out on Twitter. Uh, your your old teammate, Steve Mongo McMichael, uh, hospitalized last night. He was in the ICU unconscious for a while, but uh, they got him uh, some antibiotics. Uh, and now awake, uh, vitals better. I know his wife, Misty, at his side and encouraging uh, – that Hall of Fame committee to get him enshrined because, uh, frankly, that's what he's living for right now and uh, praying that he gets through this indeed. I, You know, I can't say enough about Misty and uh, what she's undertook since Steve was un- understood that he was fighting the ALS disease. Steve had an incredible attitude at the beginning of this, and Misty has really taken over for him. However, every one of us from a fan to anywhere, anybody around the NFL landscape, to his former teammates, is we. He's probably he's in our thoughts every single day, and um, you know it's it's hard to you know say anything just because I I feel so badly for what what Ming is going through, and uh, you know can't say enough how much we love that guy and you know continue to support he and his family. A tremendous fighter, that's for sure. Uh, how he's uh, managed to. Um... Uh, do this for this long with this disease is uh, is certainly something that uh, we're never going to forget, and it is really tough to see. I know it's emotional for all all his friends and teammates and family. So I, uh, out of respect, we'll 
We'll flip the page. Uh, saw Jared Payton. He also had, had a shout-out for, for Steve today. Uh, he and his family and Connie Payton up in uh, the viewing suite looking at practice with uh, one of our sponsors here, the state of Illinois, uh, Visit Illinois. Uh, and it was uh, a fun conversation to have with him as well. He's looking at practice <laughs> and wishing he was out there. Uh, you know, he played that college game, played up in the Canadian Football League. I uh, had a chance with the Tennessee Titans with Jeff Fisher back in the day. And Jerry Azuma going through his career, and I, I brought it up again because I go, hey, did you ever now this far along after your career have regrets about not being the running back you entered the league as and the Bears switched into being quarterback? He goes, oh, thought about it every day because he felt he could be an NFL running back. Dick Duran and that crew thought he's going to make a good cornerback, and he played nickel, and he did a nice job returning kicks and made a career out of it. But, boy, that, that would be hard if you knew you wanted to be something – uh, a and they made made you into B. It did give you a life in football, but man, in your mind, could I have done this? Could I have done X, Y, and Z as a running back? Yeah, you know, I remember one of the first plays I've ever saw Jared Payton run was against my high school. He went to St. Viator. They were playing Joliet Catholic. They threw him a, a easy pitch out, and he went 71 yards for a touchdown. And I was sitting in the stands with Walter for that game. And I remember Jerry Azumas throughout his career. It was almost exhausting how much Jay Hilgenberg used to say, Jerry Azuma is the best running back on this team. He deserves to be a ball carrier. And he just kept talking about it. And, and Jay is the type of guy that gets the idea in his head, and he's not going to lose it. But, you know, and, and I, hey, listen, I, I admire the experiences that Jay has had throughout his NFL life from his Uncle Wally playing 18 years for Detroit and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but, you know, he was always sure that Jerry Azuma was one of the best running backs on the team at that time. Miller Lite, the official bear of the Chicago Bears. Tastes like Miller time, Chicago. Uh, winding down here in our Bears, etc. episode number four. And getting you ready for the weekend. We'll be back with you next week for a couple. Let's go back to the Ngakwe. First of all, can you spell Ngakwe? No. Give it a shot. I, you know Give what? it a shot. I know. Um, N-G... UA, uh, I don't know. And I'm not going to because <laughs> I was a little apprehensive about saying it. And I was sitting here trying to practice it to make sure I, I could say right. Because if he asked me to phonetically read it, it's not going to sound anything <laughs> like it's properly enunciated. But I, I will practice it. And, uh, yes. and that's why you, you you always say Mercedes Lewis, not yeah, Mercedes exactly. Lewis. Yeah, exactly. Mercedes, that's 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 his name. And uh, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, you got the first two right, N-G, and it's A-K-O-U-E. So I think you had some of the vowels in there. So a nice effort by you, Tommy. I put you on the spot right there. But – Aside from his name and, and one of the Nigerian players, one of many that have entered the NFL, and you'll see the rosters when you start digging into the Tennessee Titans and the Colts. and every they, There are so many Nigerian players in the league right, right now, awesome. and their names are not easy to say. They really are not, but they are outstanding athletes, and that is really a growing, grow, every year, growing in numbers Nigerian players, Tommy. Good. I love it. I You know, it's it's just an opportunity for a sports life that you, you, you know, you may not have under any other circumstances. And then you look at their contribution to the NFL in every way from the front offices to the playing field from behind the scenes. All good, man. I, and I love watching these athletes come in. 
you know, you're, you're never going to be the same athlete at the end of your career than you are at the beginning of your career. How much do you absorb? How much do you learn? How much do you understand? How much do you pay attention to your playbook? You know, all those super signs of significant improvement throughout the years in the league, it, it's, it's evident. All right, so as a reminder, and it was a, it's, a, it's a reminder of the need, Bears defensive linemen combined for seven and a half sacks as a group last season. 20 overall for the team. That's certainly not going to get it. That's not going to cut it, right? Um, but you now add them. You add Ngakwe to vets like Rasheem Green, Demarcus Walker, the man in the middle, uh, Andrew Billings, Justin Jones. Then you got the Young Bucks, Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, Dominique Robinson, Travis Gibson. I mean, I just that's a nine-man rotation right there. That, that's a good mix of veterans and young guys to try to cobble something together here to get that quarterback down. What do you what do you think of that? Because almost like the addition of DJ Moore at receiver, you've now kind of put guys in slots and compete for those spots and compete for reps each and every week because they'd love to have two waves of guys getting after it. And you gotta stop the run. You know, I'm I'm glad that Ryan Poles has gone and got a couple of dynamic type A personalities, a couple alpha males. Because when I see Walker walk out on the field, <laughs> and Gosh. you know, you talked about this guy before the season I ever did. started, and so I get to pay attention to him a little bit. And I, he's not a trash talker; he's kind of an instigator, and I really like that about him because you got to have that volume going back and forth between the offense and defense. You got to have a little bit of that trash talking going because uh, I think it really it helps everybody and then when you talk about all the other guys that they brought in I think once they start teaming up together I think the defensive line is going to carry a little bit more clout for this football team than you mentioned the stats of last year yeah and I'm not trying to uh leave out there, there's a bunch of guys too there's guys competing Terrell Lewis who had a very 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 highly recruited High school career leading him to Alabama, and he's 6'5", 262, wearing number 52. Keep an eye on yep. him as well. Yep. Uh, Jalen Harris, undrafted out of Arizona. And DeAnthony Jones is flashed from Houston as well. And, of course, Travis Bell, the uh, the kid from Kennesaw State, six feet 310, who just loves you know, the game, and he's just going after it every snap out there. And I didn't know this till today, and I feel bad about it. Do you know who Jalen Harris's dad is? I do not. Oh, Sean. Okay. Okay. Former yeah. Arizona. Okay. Okay. That's right. I, I, I actually, I, it just escaped me, but yeah, that's right. I mean, we're getting old. Yeah. I, I, Sean Harris, former number 57 too, but you know, I, I'm glad that someone brought it to my attention because if I do, you know, you get that off time or you get a chance to shake his hand and meet your, meet him, you know, fun to see the, the kids like seeing Jared today, seeing the, the kids of, the men that we played with and were teammates of ours or people we broadcasted for. Yeah, I always liked Sean Harris, too. He was a good yes. football player, yep. good good man yep. indeed. So we'll uh, wish Jalen Harris and the rest of the guys trying to make this roster the best of luck. Okay, so Saturday, Sunday practices. We'll continue to update you next week here on our podcast, Bears, etc. United Airlines, official airlines of the Chicago Bears, one of our sponsors, and we appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please subscribe now on the Chicago Bears official app, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everybody.